podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. I mean, look at this. You look good, Vanguard, huh? Are you in? Should we shake on it? Wait, wait, elbow to propeller. Huh? What do you say? Are you? Whoa, whoa, hey, you come back here. You're not. You come back, Vanguard. You're not leaving again. You come back here. You get back here! Release the hounds! Get him! Get him! Get him! You're gonna regret this! You're gonna regret this, Vanguard! I'm gonna get you! I'm gonna get you! That little bastard stole my t-shirt. Personified, and I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. It's a brand new episode of the Elita Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It's Anthony Lewis, Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, it's habit, Nick, to talk about Dark. We talk about it every week. We're 27 or so weeks in, so I'm going to talk about it, but. Dark sure. is, Dark is not a good show. Uh, get, I'm only watching it because I have nothing. I'm so bored. So, <laughs> but it's not great. Uh, Sammy Guevara defeated Matt Sells this week. Gave it one and a half stars. Sean yeah. Spears defeated Sean Dean. Gave it one and a half stars. Darby Allen defeated Preston Vance. I gave it two. The the okay. the match of the show. And the uh, John Moxley defeated Fabu Andre, which is, in fact, an incredible name. Uh, I gave it one star. That one star all for the name? Pretty much all in Fabu Andre's name, yes. <laughs> not not a great show. And Bummer. it's, yeah, it's just AEW star squashing indie guys. Well, not necessarily squashing them, but it's like giving them a little bit. They probably shouldn't be giving them that much on AEW Dark, but they did. So uh, let's talk about this week's a uh, episode of AEW Dynamite. It's episode 26. And this episode, although they did not say, uh, was taking place from Norcross, Georgia at QT Marshall's Training School. 
given away eventually when they go over the guard railings and you can see that green astroturf. I have no mm-hmm. idea why he has green astroturf in his training facility, but he does. Uh, First, I thought they were like at the stadium or something that the Jaguars played at because that's what I saw. I saw it under the entrance ramp, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Is are they on a football field or something? What is this? <laughs> no, uh, they're in QT's training facility, which, uh, by the way, uh, they, they were leaving Florida because Florida went into lockdown. So they oh. went to QT school, and then as soon as they got to QT school and started filming stuff, they learned that Georgia was also going into lockdown. So word has it uh, that they filmed a lot. So hopefully that means future episodes of Dynamite uh, were filmed in advance uh, because I don't know where else they could do shows at right now uh, unless they go do the like shows at the Hardy compound or something like that, which you, I believe you suggested, but uh, they can go there, man. Especially after some of the stuff that happened on this show. Yes, I'm, I'm hoping that's the next uh, logical step. Well, we have heels and faces back at ringside again, and uh, this is news for people. If you didn't watch the Road Two series, uh, on the Road Two series, they announced that there will be a new championship in AEW called the TNT Championship. Presumably, this will be an equivalent of the television championship, I believe. Um, But they did not say it as much. And word is that uh, this is not going to be treated like a mid card title. So like over stars will have the belt. Uh, This is not going to be like the belt that gets passed around between like Kip Sabian and, you know, uh, Michael Nakazawa or whatever. Yes. Michael Nagazawa is never winning gold. That's a horrible example. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I, was, I don't like the Brandon Cutlers of the world, perhaps. It's, no, it should be on uh, somebody big. And they on that show, they announced the, uh, the first two matches. There's going to be, what is it, four matches, I think, in the tournament? One, two. Uh, yes. Three, four, yes. Uh, and on the left side of the bracket, it's Cody versus... Uh, what was it? Cody versus... Sean Spears. Sean Spears, that's right. And the other match was Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. And uh, those four men would be battling in tonight's main event. And here on Dynamite, they announced the other side of the brackets, which is Dustin Rhodes and Kip Sabian. I don't know how Kip earned his... Well, Kip has been winning some matches. Maybe that's how uh, he mm-hmm. got in. And Lance Archer and Colt Cabana are the other side of... The tournament. Uh, quickly before we jump into the show, how do you th- how do you see this plays out? Like, because like logically in my head, it's set up for uh, Cody versus Lance Archer. I would agree with that one hundred and ten percent. With Lance um, Archer beating his brother Dustin, and then presumably also beating Cody to be the first champion. I feel like that makes the most sense. I would think so too. I think Cody's going to go down again and they're going to put a rocket to Lance Archer. I'm a little bit surprised by the choices because you would assume like an MJF or an Orange Cassidy would be in this turn, but maybe this is just, uh, it might be a mixture of people who can work during the coronavirus situation and also putting some of your bigger stars in there to boost the title up. Yeah. Uh, The only other, the only other way I can see it going is you have, uh, Darby Allen and Cody in the semifinals and Darby Allen finally pulls out the win over Cody. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have 
Cody helping Darby Allen defeat like Lance Archer to win the title, uh, to continue their feud, but without the championship involved. That's the only other way I can really see it going, but I think they're going to do a clean tournament. I don't think they're going to do a first time champion on a, on a screwy finish. So I presume it's going to be Cody and Lance Archer with Archer winning and becoming the first champion. That makes the most sense. And AEW is usually pretty good with uh, making sense. So, uh, uh, it's uh, Tony Schiavone and Cody back on commentary. And, uh, he also has Pharaoh with him. He tries to interview the dog. The dog has nothing to say, unfortunately. Uh, and they run down the card for tonight's, uh, show. And the opener is Trent and Kenny Omega. And these guys went like 19 minutes of their 20 minute time limit here. Uh, and it was actually quite a match. Friendly grappling in, uh, ensues until Trent hits a Meteora and Kenny gives him a big receipt. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth. Trent hits this beautiful moonsault to the outside. Kenny does the, uh, the Terminator dive because uh, the best friends do like a hug and then he does the dive. And then Orange Cassidy wanted to hug Kenny, but Chuck Taylor held him back, prevented him. Uh, all Kenny from this point forward. Uh, then Trent starts getting frustrated, starts going after Kenny's freshly recovered hand to gain the uh, the competitive edge. Kenny, adds, uh, Kenny ends up cutting him off uh, as they fight to the floor with a German on the floor. And uh, they then fight over the guard railing, and there's this big cement pillar uh, that's there, I'm presuming for structural purposes. And, uh, he tries to whip Trent into this, but Trent stops himself and then runs back at Kenny, but Kenny pops him up and power bombs him into the cement, uh, pillar, which did not look like fun at all. Uh, oh. gets him back into the ring, cross like neckbreaker for a two, tries to hit the, you can't escape, but Trent, uh, gets out. It's the tornado DDT. It's this great Abushi-esque sliding German in the ring, uh, taking us into the commercial break. Uh, so, like, throughout this match, they're trying to uh, tell us, like, this match is sort of uncharacteristically brutal between the two of them because they're both uh, good guy competitors, but Trent really wants this win. So he's taking it to Kenny, like, a little bit extra. Uh, after the break, we get a strike battle. Trent hits a big pile driver for a two. There's a series of really quick reversals that results in Kenny hitting the Snapdragon. Uh, power bombs him and then gives him like a Bomaye style V trigger. Uh, there are only two minutes remaining now at this point. Uh, Kenny goes up to the top. It gets cut off. Trent gives him the scary looking avalanche German. Uh, hits the sexy Chucky knee, but only gets two. Uh, Omega stops uh, Trent's attempt at the crunchy and uh, gets the V-trigger, hits the one-winged angel for the win with one minute left, and post-match respect is shown. Nick, what did you think of the uh, the opener here? I think that this one was probably match of the show. I think this mm -hmm. was the hell of a match. Um, I'm not going to lie. When I was watching this, I was feeling a little bit out of it. Um, and I think, once again, lack of crowd kind of made me not... Yeah, they had some people. They had some people there, but it was basically just Austin and Billy Gunn mostly making noise throughout this. Like they were, <laughs> they did a zoom in on them at one point. Yes. and I don't even think this was during a match where they were just going, "Hey, you don't, hey, you don't!" Yes. Like some crazed fans. I loved it. <laughs> uh, 
I don't know if this happened on live TV, but I want to bring this up because it was um, a little bit weird um, watching it uh, later on video on demand. They do a part where they go into commercial and then the match just continues. Yes. And I'm like, oh, did they screw that up? You know, did Tony call for it too early? And then they say, hey, we're back. And I'm just like, what is going on? No, I didn't After, notice that. Well, th- here's the weird part. After that happens, I'm watching it. They go to commercial, and then they go back for what I think is going to be the next segment. Mm-hmm. And they actually show the ending of the match again. So TNT screwed up their upload of this. It's really weird. Oh, weird. There's like 10 extra minutes like added to it where it's just a repeat of something that's already happened. Yeah, that did not happen live. Oh, yeah, that... That threw me off. I was like, they didn't put this up live on television. Like this, did no, they? they did not. Um, Kenny also took um, what I felt like was a scary um, Tope Suicida where he landed up high on his neck. That oh was... yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't Ooh, been getting. He has, yeah, he hasn't been getting all the way over lately on those dives. Oh no, not at all. Um, I think if there was a crowd, I probably would have given this three and three quarter stars. Mm-hmm. I still gave it three and a quarter just because I thought it was excellent for what it was. Yeah, this was uh, this was my match of the show too. These guys worked so hard. They went twenty minutes. There was like a little bit of crowd, so it wasn't dead. Uh, it wasn't dead silent. A lot of I've I've seen some people say that like Kenny Omega's style lends itself more towards uh, there being a crowd, but. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, if you want to hear me talk about a match that needed to be in front of a crowd, uh, wait a few days and listen to the, this week's what comes next podcast. Cause the main event of that NXT show, that match was built for a crowd and there was no crowd. Oh, no. So it didn't work out so well. I thought these guys worked super hard. This is the, I think the second best, uh, no crowd match I've seen. Since like the uh, the Will Osprey B Priestley match, I gave this mm-hmm. three and a half, which breaks my no crowd scale uh, <laughs> by at least a good half point. Grapple, Nick, love this match three point seven two, almost three and three quarters. Wow. That's a that's insane for a match with no crowd. That's it's a hell of a compliment for sure. It is. Uh, so then we get a recap of last week's insanity with Matt Hardy. Uh, they show an actually pretty good Hikaru Shida hype video. And then mm-hmm. we get Hikaru Shida versus Anna J, who is a, a trainee of the QT Marshall school. And apparently Glacier is also a trainer at the school. Um, but they must be good trainers because I've never heard of Anna J before, but I thought she was pretty good in here. And unlike the, uh, the squash matches on Dark, this wasn't really a squash. They kind of made her look fairly credible, and she looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, so there's some back and forth a little bit. Hikaru is on the floor, and Britt gets in her face, uh, and then Hikaru matches her, and Britt backs off. Uh, Anna Jay getting in a lot of offense. Uh, Sheeta makes a good comeback, and then she did the deal and won. She hit the Falcon Arrow, and Anna Jay didn't kick out of the Falcon Arrow. Uh, before I talk about the incredible post-match, uh, what did you think of Hikaru Shida and Anna Jay? I I thought she was okay, but I, mm-hmm. I felt like some of what she was doing in there was a little bit clumsy. Yeah, um, she's new, but I'm, she had promise. She, she is. No, for sure. I think she's got a great attitude, and like she looked like a star out there. Just I, I forget what it was. There was some move... 
where it looked like she was not supposed to react and she did end up reacting. And yeah, there was like uh, the part at the end where her leg didn't get lifted up. I don't know why, but that just stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mostly want to say that I think Cody was really silly during this match. Um, why does she have two Y's in her name? That was question. Yeah. And at the start, he says, um, get that Skrilla, that paper, that champion's purse, trying to show that he's still hip, which made me laugh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and also, he's um, with it. He's with it. He's hip. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and then Britt trying to get uh, in Sheeta's head at one point, And Tony says, oh, sh- you know, I know her pretty well. And she's like, or uh, Cody goes, you're a married man, Tony. <laughs> yes. It's like, I can have friends. That was awesome. Ribbon on Tony Giovanni. Oh, it was it was great. Um, I, I wasn't too into this match, but it was, you know, mostly a squash with Anna Jay getting some stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it one and a half stars. Ooh, whoa. I went. Uh, yeah, yeah. I liked it better than Grapple. I went average and gave it two and a half. Okay. Uh, Grapple went 2.45. So they were just a little bit under me on that one. This was also when I was still in a rough mood, so that might have something to do with that. It, it always just had something. It well, this post-match was five stars. So Hikaru gets out of the ring again and is staring down Britt. And Britt is now eating a sandwich and holding <laughs> a shoe in her hand, threatening uh, Sheeta. And she walks away, and Cody's like, why did she take off her shoe to eat that sandwich? And that's what they went to break on, I think. Uh, that was just Dude, awesome. Britt that Baker, was completely. Britt Baker was a star on the show. She had she gets another great moment later. Uh, they, but that was they, pretty. They cool. completely cut that from the broadcast that I saw. It cut out to right when she pulled out the sandwich, and that was it. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a great moment because Cody's like, "Why did she take <laughs> off her shoe to eat that sandwich?" And then break. That's amazing. I thought it was awkward that they were just ending it right there. I'm like, why did she pull out a sandwich for some reason? So I had very much the same way of thinking as Cody there. So I don't know how AEW manages to keep doing this, Nick, but uh, I've made it well known of my non-interest in seeing the John Moxley-Jake Hager match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do a recap of what's been going on between them and then do a hype video for the match. And I thought it was really good. The hype video was so good that I'm like, I, I think I want to see this match. This you know is why the, it was so good. This is the same shit they pulled on me with Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes. They're like, oh, I, I can't wait to see this match. And then they had the match, and I'm like, oh, it was, it was Jack Swagger and Gold Dust. Uh, <laughs> it, it it did not it did not over deliver on the hype video. Uh, the hype video was better than the match. Hopefully that isn't the case here. Uh, and they announce an, I don't know why they did this, Nick, but they announce in two weeks, it'll be Jake Hager and John Moxley in a street fight for the AEW championship. And they wrote empty arena match. Well, three match is an empty arena, arena match. match. Uh, uh, I was going to say, you know why that promo was so good? It was because Hager barely talked throughout it. It was mostly Moxley carrying that whole segment. Yes. Uh, so, Lance Archer is about to make his debut. So Colt Cabana has joined the commentary team as Cody goes to uh, prep himself for tonight's main event. And this works good because Colt Cabana also did a lot of commentary work. So he's pretty good at it. And he's facing Archer in the tournament. 
So there is all of that. We get another Jake Roberts promo, uh, just another great promo from this dude and uh, putting Lance Archer over and then saying, you know, whoever it is that they're putting in his way tonight, they're just delaying the inevitable. Uh, (laughs) And uh, then we got Lance Archer making his AEW debut against Marco Stunt. These guys are geniuses. Like <laughs> Archer's like six eight or something, but Marco Stunt made him look like eight six. Like, <laughs> oh man! Yeah. So this match is begins with Archer just toying around with him, just kind of ragdolling him around, and then gives him this release suplex that just launches Marco. He just went sailing across the ring. Uh, <laughs> Marco manages to escape to the floor. Tries to do a, a low pace suicida, but it has no effect. Uh, Archer tries to give him a choke slam, but he flips out of it, hits a series of enzigiris, kind of has Archer rattled for a minute, and then Archer just pounces him out of the ring, uh, like into the fourth row, uh, pulls him back into the ring, hits a huge choke slam, pulls him up from the count, though, and then gives him the blackout for the win. Uh, I guess we should just mention the post-match here, too, real quick, because it was just as impressive as everything else. So after the win, he comes back to the ring and grabs... uh, By the way, first, before he does this, uh, I love Colt Cabana on commentary, sounding like... Trying to sound confident, but everything he said made it sound like he's going to die. Like, uh, he's like, well, he won't be manhandling me. He's like, I'm going to use my comedy. I'm going to use my wits. (laughs) I'm like, you're dead. You're dead. Uh, And Archer comes back, grabs Marco Stunt, standing on the ring apron, and he chokeslams Stunt off the ring apron over the guardrail onto all of the baby faces. And he just dies. Marco Stunt does. Uh, So what did you think of Lance Archer's debut? It was amazing. It was a hell of a debut. Um, <laughs> first of all, I just want to point out Cole Cabana saying hi to his mom on yes. TNT was just yes. heartwarming. Love that. Very, um, very wholesome. Most of my notes for this match was uh, Lance kills Marco and he kills him again. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't he knock out a trainer on his way into the ring? <laughs> yeah, AEW doesn't have any young boys. So he can't uh, he can't knock them out. So he just knocked out like a trainer at ringside. Just and doesn't he them. like he like lariats Marco as he's coming into the ring too. So Marco's yes. already dead before the match even starts. Yes. Uh, this was a high <laughs> oh, caliber man. squash match. You know, I really haven't seen much of Archer in New Japan because mm-hmm. I haven't been following it as closely. Yeah. Um, but when I have seen him, it's been entertaining, like the whole spitting water gimmick um, with Davey Boy Jr. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I He has completely turned me around on him. He is impressive. I couldn't give much to the match because it was a squash match. It was two minutes or uh, two. Excuse me. I rated it a two for this, but everything else around it made it easily a three. Just him killing people is going to be a fun gimmick here in uh, AEW. Yeah. And he, he couldn't even do some of his flying stuff because obviously Marco couldn't base for him. So uh, he mm-hmm. can do some flying stuff as well. But uh, yeah, very impressive. Uh, I thought this ruled. I gave it two and three quarters because of how much it ruled. Uh Grapple, oh man, Grapple, quit doing this to me, man. Every time I go back to the app, it like goes back to the home screen. And then I got to search for the show again. You got to stop doing this to me, Grapple. Uh, So Grapple gave this a 
Wow, 2.72 as well. Uh, oh. They liked it. I thought I was just being overly dramatic on that one, but I guess not. Uh, Brody Lee in a boardroom meeting with uh, Silver. I think it's Silver and Reynolds again, I think. Uh, telling us he knows what it's like to be like what we are right now, but if they join the Dark Order, their lives will improve. And one of them calls him Mr. Lee. And this pissed him off. He's Mr. Fucking Brody. <laughs> and then he throws a mug at the wall and breaks it. And then the guy doesn't say the catchphrase right. So he's super pissed. And then the other guy, I think it's Reynolds, yawns. <laughs> and he's like, why are, you t- or why are you tired? You don't have any reason to be tired. You know what that shows? You know what that shows? It shows you're weak. <laughs> You know how weak you look right now? Don't come into this room. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure this was more Vince McMahonisms. Uh, at least the yawning, uh, for sure. But maybe the maybe the other thing is a Vince story, too, where somebody didn't call him the right name and he got pissed and threw a mug. <laughs> These could all be Vince stories. Uh, I know people are like, why, you know, why are you doing this? Like, why are you mocking him? Look, I maintain... People who are as bizarre as Vince deserve to be openly mocked. Like, like you get in somebody's face because they yawned or they sneezed. What a weirdo. Anyway, something right out of WCW Saturday night from like the 90s happened next. The Dark Order music plays, but then two guys come out in masks and they are our Dark Order tag team. They are Dark Order members eight and nine. Versus the natural nightmares, QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. My presumption is that these are two QT students uh, mm-hmm. in masks, but I I love they're like the conquistadors or something. <laughs> Just Dark Order members eight and nine. They don't even deserve names. Uh, so QT throws the mask back at the Dark Order, the one that they had placed on him last week. It's all baby faces early on. Uh, nine cheats so that a eight can cut him. This is going to be hard. So that eight can cut him off. Uh, QT, that is. Uh, one man comeback from QT. Hot tag Dustin, who cleans house, does a cannonball off the apron, and they hit an Argentine backbreaker cutter combo for the win on a Dark Order member number nine. Uh, post-match, Brody Lee comes out, and he is pissed about this loss. So he takes... Dark Order member number nine, the one who lost, and powerbombed the shit out of him, and then looked at Dark Order member number eight, being like, this is a message for you. Like, this is a lesson. Don't don't forget it. This is what happens if you lose in the Dark Order. Uh, so what, what did you think of this WCW Saturday Night Tag Team match? So, unfortunately, I can't comment on this because didn't this see was... It? This was cut from the TNT uh, upload. I <laughs> I know that they I, I didn't think about this again until just now, but they advertised, you know, Dustin and QT being in action. It was not on there. And then you didn't see it? Oh man. You're the opening match twice, but for some reason this was what the hell, TNT? <laughs> Get your shit together. Well, I mean, this wasn't great. It was Dark Order members eight and nine. Uh but I mean that that in and of itself was hilarious. Here's the uh, thing. I saw the Brody Lee board meeting segment and it just cut out after that. Like that, that was awesome. Like that's a mixture of Brody Lee being like yes. half Satan and half Vince McMahon. Yes. And 
uh, my opinion on the whole Vince McMahon thing is it can be done because he's not overtly. I feel like if this was a WCW thing, he'd be like called, I don't know, something close to McMahon. He'd be doing an impression or something. Yeah. He's just exactly. He's just doing things. He's taking McMahon's gimmick or not his gimmick, his real life and turning it into a a gimmick. gimmick. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, this match wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't good or anything, but I think there was a great Colt Cabana joke on commentary with Tony Schiavone. They're talking about eight and nine, and then they're like, we're six and seven, and Colt Cabana's like, you know why six was afraid of seven, right? <laughs> and Tony Schiavone's like, no, and he's like, well, because six was like, you know, a good three feet taller and 200 pounds heavier, and seven was terrified, so... Uh, like he went into this long explanation. He did not do the lame, uh, preschool joke. Uh, by the way, I gave this match a two grapple 2.1. Uh, has really landed on this. Um, all right. So please tell me you saw the Jericho in a hot tub segment. Oh, I saw the Jericho in a hot tub. Segment. Okay. This, I mean, the opening match may have been the best match on the show, but I think this was the best thing on the show. Absolute mm-hmm. silliness and comedy, but I don't care. I need a laugh during the, these times are tough as it is. I need some sort of laughter and the feud between Chris Jericho and Vanguard one is amazing. So <laughs> Jericho is in his hot tub at his palatial estate and he's celebrating April fool's day because the elite are all fools. It's their holiday. I guess. And he's just talking. Uh, the The first visual joke for me was that he had a little bit of the bubbly and poured it into a, a glass and then put the glass down and then drank from the bottle. <laughs> I don't know why he did that, but it was awesome. And then Vanguard one appears and then Jericho gets out of the hot tub and he appears to be wearing leather pants in the hot tub with a Stop belt down. on. <laughs> I have no idea why. Uh, He is still trying to recruit Vanguard One into the inner circle. Offers him a tiny inner circle shirt that he hangs on the the drone. And he's like, come on, what do you say? He's like, you know, high five. And he's like, no, 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 you know what? Elbow to propeller. And then Vanguard One like zips away. And Jericho is pissed that he's running away with his shirt and he's like scream come back here come back here vanguard one and then he just turns his head and says release the hounds <laughs> and then a bunch of jericho's got like five dogs and like the last two are like tiny little dogs like a pomeranian and <laughs> they're just like running around in a circle and he's chasing like if this is jericho's actual estate it's gorgeous because his backyard is like huge and he's got this dock out and it's like on on like a lake or a river or something it's gorgeous and vanguard one is flying away and jericho you get this shot from the drone down and like Jericho is screaming at Vanguard one running and the dogs are all running behind Jericho. And he's like, come back here. You son of a bitch. He's like, the son of a bitch stole my t-shirt. And then that was the segment. This thing was awesome. I loved it so much and I needed a good laugh. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh my goodness. It was it. Jericho is the king. He's he unbelievable. That man could go into comedy alone and he'd be hilarious. Oh, God. I um, died when he said, release the hounds. And there's just two <laughs> tiny little dogs in the back. Like, oh, so awesome. 
And I think at one point he was trying to address Matt Hardy and he called him dumbass. Dumbass. Yes. He said, you say you're 3000 years old. You're going to need 3000 years to get over the humiliation. I give you. Oh God. He's so amazing. This was tremendous. Like he, I mean, that made my whole day right there. It just put the biggest smile on my face. I laughed so hard. It was, it was the best. Um, Great. Thank you, Jericho. <laughs> that was so awesome. Uh, we got another bit here with uh, the Young Bucks at home in Rancho Cucamonga. And uh, Matt and Nick are kind of walking. This was actually their backyard area. They have like a tennis court and all this shit. And uh, Matt says that he knows that he can't uh, can't wait to get into the ring. So he brought a ring to Nick. And they've got a ring set up on like their tennis court thing. And they're uh, running spots and doing drills and things like that while they're sort of talking about this whole uh, series of events. Like Nick says, he doesn't remember who attacked him and he doesn't even remember, you know, riding in the ambulance or anything like that. Like, uh, you know, Matt was worried that he was going to, you know, his biggest fear is, you know, somebody he cares about getting injured and, uh, you know, is worried that, you know, he might have to become a singles wrestler and things like that. And uh, at the end, Nick says that the workout felt good, but, he's not ready to return to the ring yet. So they're teasing it. And obviously they have no choice, but to tease it because the young bucks are in California and can't leave. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I like this. I thought this was good and a complete 180 from the silliness of the Jericho thing to like this serious thing with, uh, the young bucks training. But I also loved it. This was also good. Oh yeah, that's great. And especially since you're going to have both of them gone for a while, mm-hmm. it's just good to get them on camera because I feel like uh AEW show without the young bucks, man, it's like a day without sunshine. Yeah, Super weird, right? To not see them on some of the shows. Uh, so mm-hmm. main event, Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears uh, taking on Darby Allen and Cody. These are the left side of the TNT championship tournament brackets uh, facing each other. So it's all faces early on. Uh, Sammy Guevara gets into the ring and tries to like vlog mid match. Uh, but Brandy Rhodes ends up stealing the, the phone from him. Uh, and there's a double suicide dive from, uh, Cody and Darby, which I think is going into a commercial break. Yeah. Uh, tide is turned during the break and they're, uh, working over Darby Allen. He makes a comeback, but is cut off by some, uh, fine heel cheating from Sammy Guevara eventually makes the hot tag to Cody who runs wild, hits the Cody cutter on Sammy, uh, puts the sharpshooter on him, uh, but then puts the figure four on Spears. Sammy hits a running shooting star press to break that up. Cody hits this just sick looking crossroads on Sammy Guevara. Spears pulls him out of the ring, tosses him over the guardrails, and Sammy Guevara has the referee's attention while all of the heels beat on Cody, all of the ones on the other side of the guardrail, including Britt Baker, who is hitting him with her high-heeled shoe, and then she, with a crazed look, just turns to the camera and holds up the shoe like, ah, and then goes back to attacking Cody with the shoe. Another standout moment for the Doctor uh, on this episode of Dynamite. Uh, heels beat, uh, I already mentioned that part. Okay, we go into another break. We come back and Cody is still getting worked over. Manages to finally mount a comeback. Hits a moonsault press to create some space. And tags in Darby, who's a house of fire. Lopez Suicida on Sammy. Uh, goes for one on Sean Spears, but Sean catches him. Slams him into the guard railing and he disappears. Cody with a suicide dive onto Sammy. Spears grabs him, tosses him into the ring. Hits the C4 on Cody. 
and uh, they are back outside on the floor fighting, and uh, everybody has lost sight of Darby, and when they find him again, he is climbing the concrete pillar, <clears throat> and then just does a coffin drop off of this thing onto everybody. This is like For way, shit. way above the ring. He's a maniac. There's nobody really here to cheer him for this. Just a lunatic. Uh, Cody hits a reverse superplex on Sammy, but Spears hits a frog splash on him from the opposite corner. Uh, he uh, That gets a two count. He goes to grab a chair to nail Cody with, because obviously there's the that callback to Fighter Fest last year. Darby takes the chair from, uh, from Sean Spears, but Sammy, who's on the floor, grabs the chair and takes it from Darby. And while that's happening, Spears goes and rolls up Darby, puts all of his weight on top of him, and the heels get the win. Uh, before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of the main event? I think I liked it mostly for all the silly comedy things that were happening, like mm-hmm. Sammy and Spears gambling on the matches yes. uh, while it's happening. <laughs> yes. Um, I love that. Um, I love the little crack that Tony got in there about talking about Dumb and Dumber's up next. I'm not talking about Sammy and Spears. Spears, yes. That was good. <laughs> Cody going for the kiss on Brandy, but tries to kiss Trent first at the start of the match. <laughs> yes, that was yes. Hilarious to me. A lot of good blood. And, oh, and of man. course, Darby Allen, uh, insane in this match. Oh, dude, he Just is the one man. to watch. He, he's the one I kind of hope gets the TNT title. I don't think he will. I think it's going to be Archer more than likely, but mm-hmm. he is he deserves it. He puts his body on the line every time. Yeah. He, he never fails to impress me. He's the man. Um, I, I gave this one two and three quarter stars. Mm-hmm. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was funny. It uh, wasn't quite match of the night, but it was pretty close. Yeah. I went, uh, I went with a three. I agree with you, yeah. Uh, not quite match of the night. Very entertaining. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. Uh, and they're doing the best they can with this no audience. And this was a much improved show over last week, I thought. Uh, sure. Grapple 3.16, <laughs> the Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> they gave that one a 316. Um, so post-match, uh, Darby is just dejected. Uh, Cody's trying to, like, you know, give him the old, hey, you okay? And Darby's like, shaking him off, waving his hand at him. And Cody, this is not good enough for Cody. Cody wants to make sure his partner is all right. And Darby, frustrated, turns around and just decks Cody, like lays him out and leaves. And Tony Schiavone is like putting over the fact that these two men could meet in the TNT Championship Tournament as uh, the show goes off the air. So overall, Nick, what did you think of uh, Dynamite this week? A, a, a pretty good show? Yeah. Yeah, much better than last week. Last week just kind of felt kind of empty and strange, kind of very weird. This show was much improved. I think I like the smaller scaled down venue. I think that helped a lot. And obviously having people at the ringside helped a lot, too. Yeah. But yeah, a solid episode of Dynamite. And I'm excited for the TNT Championship Tournament. What a mm-hmm. great idea to come up with while we're waiting for life to start again. Yes. Um. All right, so uh, that's the episode for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com, check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists, hit subscribe, and that way you can come back and hear us talk about more AEW Dynamite featuring the start, I believe, of 
the AEW TNT Championship Tournament. Should've seen it.